As you might have read on various social media posts of mine, I received some terrible news Saturday morning. My sister texted me, I need you to call Grandma's house right now. It is urgent. Now, that hurried tone, without any thought of proper punctuation, is pretty indicative of my kid sister. If you can call a 34-year-old woman a kid. But when Sheila's phone beeped with a similar message from my mom, sense of dread descended as I dialed the number. It was still Friday, Veterans Day, in America. So it was oddly fitting when my grandmother told me, quietly and simply, that we had lost my grandfather. He'd went out that afternoon, as he was wont to do, and never returned. Eventually, I would learn that he went out to do a little bird watching and to feed the squirrels in the woods near their home in central Oklahoma. More puzzling is why he felt the need to carry a 12-inch hunting knife with him on his last trip to the great outdoors. But then again, you didn't know my grandfather. Oh, and in case you hadn't figured it out by now, this is not one of our typical travel comedy shows. Long-time listeners and friends will forgive me the liberty I'm taking with you, our listening audience. And hopefully you new listeners give me a little leeway with your first introduction to our show. Gramps was directly responsible for my sense of humor, warped and strange that it may be. So consider this an origin story, if you will. In real life, my grandfather was larger than life. In the 1930s, he was diagnosed with polio and promptly kicked its ass. Not long after that, or before that, or sometimes during that, depending on the telling, he was struck full speed by a car, got up, and punched it square in the grill. All that kicking and punching served him well as he took up boxing, a sport he largely left behind in childhood, until, of course, that old bastard next door had his TV up too loud recently. <laughs> Gramps didn't cotton to fools much. But when I was young and having my own share of bullying, which we simply called childhood back then, Grandfather refused to teach me how to box. Instead, he taught me that, if provoked, pick up a stick, a rock, or whatever else was around me and strike first and often. Of course, in practice, it was usually my alligator mouth that got my canary ass into trouble. So my opportunities to put that sage advice into action never materialized. He lied about his age to help with the war efforts at the tail end of World War II. He welded steel plates onto U.S. Navy ship decks and later served on those ships in the Pacific Theater. After the war, he went to work for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, leveraging his 8th grade education to help build and manage a series of hydroelectric dams and the wildlife preserves they created across the state of Oklahoma. Though his friends and family at the time thought him a little nuts, spoiler alert, they were right, he strong-armed the federal government into letting him relocate a population of black-tailed prairie dogs threatened by the rising waters. That seemingly small act of conservation defined his legacy, at least for me. That was my cool-as-shit grandfather on stage at my school, and just about every other school in that part of the country, with the prairie dog named Fred who liked to drink grape soda. The prairie dog drank the soda, not Gramps, well, although Gramps liked grape soda too. Anyhow, and you can be damn sure that I let every kid in my school know exactly who I was and that that was my grandfather on stage. Swollen with pride? Damn Skippy. My grandfather was a great storyteller and showman, and any successes I may have had in those areas I owe directly to him. 
He didn't let trivial things like facts get in the way of a good story that could be made great with proper embellishment. And he wasn't afraid to break out an off-color joke at borderline inappropriate times. Unless, of course, Grandma was nearby. Then he kept it mostly PG. Well, okay, PG-13. I owe my love of science and critical thinking to that man as much as I owe him for my stubbornness and fuck it, I'll do it attitude. If he thought he was the smartest person in the room with an 8th grade education, I can only imagine how insufferable I am with my fancy college degree. No, I can actually do more than imagine it. My wife reminds me of it often. If you're looking for someone to blame for my love of a good 10-minute joke, look no further. In his immortal words, which he borrowed but roll with it, Owa Taigu Siam. I thank my grandfather for the very best parts of me. Probably a lot of the worst ones, too. And I'll miss him forever. Because that's the price I pay for knowing a living legend. My grandfather was Earl Victor Rodkey. Vic Rodkey to his friends. Gramps to me. The regular episodes of this one time will return next week. Thanks for indulging me. Cheers from Bangkok. Yippee-i-a. Upon a ridge he rested as he went along his way When all at once a mighty bunch of red-eyed cows he saw Plowing through the ragged sky And up a cloudy draw Still on fire and their hoof made of steel Their horns were black and shiny And the hot breath he could feel A pole of fear went through him As they thundered through the sky He saw the riders coming hard And he heard their mournful cry If he I Faces gone, their eyes were blurred, their strips all soaked with sweat. They're riding hard to catch that herd, but they ain't caught them yet. Cause you gotta ride forever on that range up in the sky, on horses snorting fire. As they ride on, hear the cry. It be I. Riders went on by and he heard one call his name. 
If you want to save your soul from ever riding on a race, then cowboy change your way today or with it you will ride, trying to catch the devil's hook across the endless skies. If the I.A. 